to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Billy off the seas out now. He puts a kick out. Croke is there against. Oh, Jared Croker! What a catch by the skipper! Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Yes, welcome back to another edition of Behind the Limelight, the official Canberra Raiders podcast. Once again, we sit here on the afterglow. Of a great win and away win as well. Two away wins in the first four weeks. That's a great, great thing. Joined uh, by the panellists, Mr. Ben Pollock and Tommy Logan. G'day, gents. G'day, G'day Nick. Nick. Now, how good was that? Uh, three out of four. Probably one of our better starts in a long, long time. Wasn't a win that we can rave about, but it was a win. And I think it was the most balanced win defensively and attack as well. We put some points on. The pleasing sign is we didn't play our best. We made some mistakes, but we still hung on one. But didn't win by one or two. We won by 18, which is uh, quite convincing. I disagree. I think we can rave about it. I think it's a great win. Going up there in those conditions, uh, playing the Cowboys team that were coming off the back of a a pretty tough loss. Um, Our guys really aimed up. It got back to 18-12. The game was in the balance. And like the week before, Mm. the boys put the foot on the accelerator in the last 15 minutes and carried it on, which is great signs. I think that's... Probably the most positive part to take out of the whole win was the fact that that last 15 minutes again was our best 15 minutes. And yeah. I think that's a great sign. But I'm just trying to be <laughs> a mature here because this week we've got a big game. So, Tommy, mate, great win. You, you were up there with the squad, obviously. Yeah, I've got to give it to the team. They went up there and prepared probably as best as they could. You know, there was no mucking around pre-game or anything like that. Uh, I think the manner in which we won, like what Ben pointed out before, was really good. The Cowboys came off a really bad loss against the Sharks the week before. They were always going to come out and try and get a win back for their home fans this week. Mm. And I think in that last 15 minutes, we really shut them out when they were really trying to get us on the back foot there. And that cro- uh, try to uh, Croker right at the end, I think that really shut the sealed the deal for us there. Well, they showed signs of a quality side to just to withstand all that pressure at 18-12 where, again, you know, we have that tendency in the past to, to drop our bundle. And we spoke about how we got a bit anxious last week when Newcastle were coming home and Cowboys were really gaining some ascendancy and, and Matty Scott started running straighter. They they really responded to their to their coach's messages at halftime. I thought, wow, we're on. And then to go from there, a few funny little errors and then just to go like that and to just flex our muscle and to win by 18 convincingly, mm. such, such a positive sign. It would sign have been an injustice if we'd lost that game because yeah. we were the better side. For, and the, the final score probably reflected what the what it should have been. Yeah. I mean, we were up by a, a substantial margin in the end. And, and to be honest, we probably should have been a little bit further ahead earlier in the game. Especially at half time. But it's the NRL. There's no there's no cheap minutes. There's no easy plays. You got to fight for every contest. And um, to the Cowboys' credit, they kept coming at us, even though they probably weren't playing their best footy. Um, they kept coming and we just had to keep them off. And I think that was a, the good thing. The, for me, the, the positive signs out of it were the right edge was was back to its best. Mm. I thought, obviously, Leipana, um combining for a couple of tries there, two to Jordan and, and one to Joey. Yeah, but happy I, about that, aren't you? Though, but, I, yeah, <laughs> but I think that I think that Elliot Whitehead was um, – was was his best game for the season as yeah. well, and that and that really helps when you've got a guy out there that's uh, performing the way that he does each week. He's he's doing such a good job for us, um, and he's he's just a fantastic player. Sorry, he's on the left, but he I just think his um his play on the weekend was probably the best we've seen for a long time. Well, he's got that ability to to play like that every week. He does. Him yeah. like Papa and Sia coming on. It's like they could get man of the match performances every week. They're like an eight out of ten yep. in the old rugby league week system. 
and that's what you want for those experienced guys. And if they bring their eight out of ten every week, we we win. Yeah, Ryan Sutton was fantastic too. Yeah, um, second probably time best game of the club, I reckon. Yeah, it is second time he started. Um, Rick mentioned it earlier in the press conference this week that uh, I mean he got knocked out in the first trial game, played minimum minutes in the second one, came off the bench for the first two games. We. We're only going to see the best of him as the season gets longer. Mm. Um, but what he what he offered up there was was fantastic, and to have an, another middle forward who can play like that is just going to be huge for us. All right, Jen, so we put that great win aside, and hopefully we can repeat it uh, at home this week. And we are up against a, a team playing full of confidence as well. Uh, they're the same record as us. They've had uh, three wins, one loss. A team with extra confidence there with Blake Ferguson at the back. Tell you what, gents, if the Origin team's picked tomorrow with Natravojevic, he'd be the first on the wing pick for well, sure. Well, the, it comes down to the battle of him and probably Nick Kotrick to see who gets that other wing position. Nick's starting to find a bit of form as well. So, yeah, match day sponsor Dem and Prospect bringing you all the action in round five at GIA Stadium. And the team, there's been a couple of changes uh, this week, Nick. I think uh, yeah. we've uh, we've gone one to 13, the same as last week. So the, the, the formula for success at the start of the game has been changed. But Joe Tarpany available for selection He again. comes back in, one notable... Absence this week is no Corey Horsburgh. That's right. Ricky's given him the opportunity to go back and get some more minutes for Mounties. Um, he said Corey's done absolutely nothing wrong. He's, he's actually been a really good prospect in the first couple of weeks, but it's about giving him some more minutes in, in reserve grade and also giving Hudson Young possibly yeah. the opportunity to get some more time in first grade as well. And we've seen um, that he's only had a couple of limited opportunities. Uh, this is the the whole benefit of having great depth. And, I mean, we've, we've mentioned this before, but there's a lot of guys, Emre Gula, Jack Murchie, mm. JJ Collins, Royce Hunt, who's been named at 18th man this week. All these guys, uh, and Luke Bateman, are all vying for positions in this team every week. Uh, and at the moment, there's just so much competition that, um, you know, you can't pick everyone. And it's it's given Ricky the opportunity to, to run his eye over a few guys yeah, uh, and, and sort of give younger blokes an opportunity and an opportunity to have a rest when they need it. I think, like we spoke about, we've spoken about it so many times on this podcast, Ricky prides himself on depth at clubs. He thinks you can't win a comp without depth and you get those first graders playing second grade. Unfortunately, sometimes you can't keep them forever, so you've really got to make the most of your roster while you have them for that two, three-year period. But uh, Aiden Caesar makes his way back in the team as well after a couple of weeks off. Um, so there's your depth. We've got uh, a right. really capable well, Aiden's been named in a uh, in the extended squad, so mm. um, he's got a fight on his hands to get back his position as well. Sam Williams has been wonderful the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, that's we talk about the depth and competition for spots. There it is firsthand. You've got a guy that's been... First choice halfback for a couple of seasons, coming back from injury, and uh, he's got to work his way back into the team, and, and that's what you want. You want that desire to get back into that 17. More depth than the Dalai Lama. Benny Pollock, get that smile off your face, mate. Uh, he's dead set psychic. He's picking him every week. Three from four. He uh, said he predicted that Rapana was going to make a return to form, a couple of, couple of meat pies, and he did. He did. He got him. He left it to the 80th minute to get the second one, but he got the double. Um, I just had a feeling that he was going to be up for a big game, and um, thankfully I was right. Um, you were almost close to the money too. I got half a Nick point. Yeah. scored early on in the in the game. So we scored first. I uh, thought, Here we go. So that was a that was the opportunity, but no, very good. Uh, this week I'm going. Uh, it's been coming for a few weeks now, and I, I think John Bateman is due for a meat pie. I reckon. Uh, down on the edge there. He, he's had the opportunity a couple of times where he's made a couple of breaks. This time, I think, we're going to see him cross the stripe and, and get his first try in green. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be a close win by the green machine, and I reckon CNK is going to grab another another try. 
I really feel like it's going to be a gruelling close game, maybe four, six points in it. I think BJ Lalua has been warming every week. He's been playing really, really well defensively, chasing down kicks, running the ball with purpose, setting up his mate there, Leipana coming back together again. I reckon he's going to have a really good individual performance. Two tries for BJ for mine as well. Joining us for the first time on the Behind the Limelight podcast. And we're looking forward to having a chat too, Mr. Johnny Bateman. <laughs> First of all, mate, congratulations on your performance, um, not just within the club, but just coming from the Super League into NRL. Not an easy task coming from two different leagues, they are, and to come and make such a profound mark on the NRL, it must be must be a great feeling knowing that things are going good. Yeah, I just obviously came over to enjoy my rugby, and that's what I've obviously just took off and done, mate. It's, it's been pretty easy to step into the squad and stuff like that. The, the players here are pretty easy to play with and stuff, so it's, it's made it a lot easier for me. What I've noticed early on in your career here is, mate, is you, you absolutely seem to be loving your footy. You're very passionate. Every time we, we cross over for the line, there you are, a little fist pump seems to be your trademark. You, you're right into it. You, you fit straight in. Yeah, I think you have to enjoy it even more, mate. It's, it's like it's what we play for, you know what I mean? It's We go out there to score tries and stuff like that, but you have to get on back of them and... Like when we force errors and stuff like that, you have to enjoy it all and it's part and parcel of the game and like I said, I do get right into it. Have you found the, the, the pace and the speed of the game? Obviously, the Super League's a bit different. Physically, they're probably very similar, but the the, the speed and and also the, the work around the ruck's probably a bit different? Yeah, it's you probably don't get as much time in the ruck to a fair back home. You're probably looking at, what, 12-second play balls back over here. It's, I think it's probably half, about six seconds, so... You look at that throughout the game, it makes a big difference on it, mm. so that's probably the biggest thing I've heard to. Speaking of that, how did the deal with Canberra come about? Um, was it something that you wanted to do playing in NRL? Obviously the Burgess brothers have sent some good big things back at home, thinking, well, you know, if you want to make yourself as a rugby league player, the NRL is to do so. Could you explain the whole process of the design and then actually ending up here? Yeah, um, I got a few offers a couple of years back when I was at Wigan, and just before I signed my second contract at Wigan, I got a few offers then, and... It probably wasn't the right time for me, um, but then last year when it came about again, it popped up again, obviously, with Canberra being one of the main, main clubs, and it just went from there, really, a snowball effect type thing, and I, f- I felt like I was ready for it myself, I, I was pretty comfortable in Super League, and I wanted to take myself out of my comfort zone, and try something different, and obviously Canberra came up, and I started talking to Canberra pretty pretty good. Speaking of Canberra, I'll ask all the new boys, how have you found Canberra uh, as a town, have you done some sightseeing, have you seen... In, into the restaurants and stuff so far? Yeah, I remember when I first got here, um, Andrew Bishop picked me up and he was bringing me in and he said, oh, if you're not busy tomorrow, mate, there's a war memorial there. And I thought, you better be kidding me. That can't be the only thing in camp. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, apart from that, mate, it's, I've, I've, it's like one of them. It's, when you live here, it's a lot different. You tend to find yourself around. Obviously, the lads show you around and stuff. And I've, I've seen, um, just like my girlfriend's here now, so I've, I've obviously she's she's always wanting to do stuff when I am get home and I'm knackered. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's been good. It's Like I said, I've settled in pretty well. There's plenty of stuff to do here. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of them places that... If you settle in well, if you take it, if you if take it on board, and, and like you, you willing to go go full whack of it, it's it's a good place to live in. Really Absolutely, and brother. Just back to that decision to come here. How much did it influence your decision, knowing that that Hodjo and Elliot were both here? Obviously, you know, smell um, for a long time. Did did that influence you on on where you ended up? Yeah, probably. Um, Smell's been nagging at me for the last couple of years. To, uh, he's, uh, he's been like saying, telling me to come out and give it a try, and I think this year was obviously the right time for me. So when it come about last year, I spoke to him quite a lot on the decision and I seen him in Denver last year playing for England and 
it round about that time that I, I did make this decision to come to sign for Canberra. So, yeah, it was a big decision, obviously, having people's faces here, like you know, and being there to talk to them about stuff and helping you out a lot, which both of them have done really well for me. Mm. So, that, so that's obviously helped me a lot. One part of your game that I love is that you're not scared to get involved in a little bit of bit of niggle, not not nothing nothing too bad. You Typical Englishman. Yeah, I mean, Elliot, Elliot said you were a grub when we asked him when you first signed, how would you describe John? But and, and it's not something that you probably go out there and, and try and do on purpose. It's just, is that just the gamesmanship and the and the the sort of, um, the way you play the game? You just like to get in there and have a bit of fun with it? Yeah, probably. It's, I got there to win it and obviously oh, you, you're going to come up against players that want to win also and it's like who, who wins first type thing and that's what I, I always want to go out there and make sure I, I get the one over me, the opponent and stuff like that and if it comes down to having a bit of niggle then, then, it, then so be it. So yeah, that's how I go out and do it. Well, uh, your coach, even though he was a halfback, had a similar game plan. He was very niggly, he was very, very you know chatty but very niggle physically around the ruck and stuff. Does he give you the licence to go and do all that kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. get amongst it? He says to me, as long as as long as long I don't get um, a week or two from it. Or penalised. Yeah, there's a fine line about it. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, Rick is just a passionate about obviously going out and making it personal and winning your, winning the opposite battle. So yeah, it, it does probably give you a licence to go do that. You're getting some uh, fair raps from a few people within the game. Is that is that something you, you're pretty active on social media? You've got a Twitter account and Instagram and all that sort of stuff, and you're getting some really good raps from people within the game. I think Mal Meninga came out uh, this week and said that um, he was you're one of the players that impressed you the most. Is that is that a buzz for you to hear that sort of stuff? Yeah, definitely. Mate. You can't you can't not take that on board. Obviously, such a great player, like that. it's fantastic. I, I met Mal Meninga last year just before we were going to sign Ricky. I organised a little meeting type thing to have a chat with him, obviously about coming to Canberra and stuff. And yeah, I got, you know what I mean. You can't you can't not not take them wraps on board. Mm. But I think it's just more about me going out there and not getting caught up in it all. It's yeah. It's, I, that's probably I've come to realise over here. If you do have a couple of good games, you do mm. like people do think you like talk you up and that, which is fantastic. And you like it's lovely to hear about you, but you've got to carry on doing that week in week mm. out. That's right. Well, you said that you you know you probably weren't ready for it. That's probably part of the the preparation I suppose into becoming ready for it is that you need to mature as a player so when you do come here and if you are getting a few raps or you are having a few bad games you know how to handle that is that is that a fair way to, to describe yeah, it? Yeah definitely because I'm not saying like I've been in situations in my career where you where it's not working for you and then on, on the other hand it's you're getting other raps saying oh is he, is he can do it like when I, when I remember making my debut for England and no matter what you always get someone questioning you and stuff like that and they're like oh is he ready and stuff but it's about coming out the other side and staying above the line and knowing what knowing what you can do and stuff like that and just carrying on carrying on a, a good level and I think that's what the biggest thing was the consistency for me this year and I want to be consistent and I want to carry on doing that. You come into the club here, Johnny, as a back row and also a centre. What position would you prefer? To, what's your what's your preference to play at the backs there or amongst the middle there and the forwards? No, I'm probably forwards, mate. I'm not. <laughs> I won't say I'm a back. Um, Wayne Bennett put me there when I were in England and. Like I enjoy playing there and stuff like that. I don't get wrong, I play from a country there, but I, I definitely prefer being forwards. Yeah. Just before we let you go, there's a, a petition that went around earlier this week <laughs> about renaming 
Bateman's Bay to John Bateman's Bay. Did you have a bit of a laugh at that one? Yeah, I seen it pop up, and I, I, I think one of the lads from back home sent me, and you're like, "What's this, lad?" All right, I just uh, don't have a clue to the fair, but I had a little giggle to it and stuff. Like that. I read like a few of the comments and stuff, but yeah, you can you can just laugh about it. Can't you? It's, it's a good laugh. Well, mate, we know you've got to go. You're halfway through earning your lunch. You've got a busy yeah. appointment to get to. We'll let you get back in your preparation. Cheers, Thanks for talking to us, and, and good luck for the rest Cheers. of the year. Thank you very much. Cheers. Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Green Machine's epic 1989 Grand Final victory. Yes, this week we speak to the man that showed the strength, the power, to score that astonishing match-winning try to ice the game and the premiership for the Canberra Raiders on Grand Final Day. Ironically, Raider number 89. We go back in time to 89 with Steve Jackson. Nick, how are you going? Mate, I'm going well. Let's just get to the grand final. Jacko, and what was the conversation that Tim Sheens had with you? It happened on the the day when, um, uh, the week before when we won the game to to make it into the grand final. And Tim Sheens, I was already feeling sad about it at all because we just got beaten in reserve grade. And all I want to do is, I was a kid from the bush and all I want to do is play in a grand final, you know? Mm. Any, any grade on that day would have been lovely. So my up and downs, all in '89, it was a it was a roller coaster ride. Uh, I was at the highest, and I was at the lowest, and and then Tim Sheen's come in to me. Oh, I was all you know dressed. I was I was um, ready to hop on the bus, and I remember Tim saying, "Look, Jacko, I've uh, I've got a 20 man squad going into this grand final, but I'm going to add you to the squad, and um, we're going to go on with 21 players." And as we know that. Uh, we had eight fresh reserves, but only four reserves could get a run. So I mm. didn't think I was going to get a game. I I was just happy to be there and, and watching from the best seat in the house. When did you know within the game that you were going to be used at some point? Oh, I still didn't know when. <laughs> well, it, it was it was uh, I think um, seventeen minutes or about seventeen minutes into the second half, and uh, the word come down to Phil Foster because Tim used to sit up in the box and. Radio down to Tim, Tim Foster, uh, Phil Foster, and and Phil leaned over and said, "Jack, I just warm up, eh?" Mm. And that's when I, my heart must have wow. started racing a bit. I, I then went into the uh, tunnel of the Sydney Football Stadium and done a few pretend stretches, I call it, uh, a few pretend calf stretches, you know, just mm. to sort of make it look like I was doing something. And uh, and then the word come over the top, "You're on now for Todd." And back in them days that, you, you know, because there was no interchange, once you come off, you stayed off. Yeah. Sometimes you got to the sideline and the player that you were going to replace has come good. And sometimes you went back to the bench. So yeah. you still didn't really know. But yeah, when I got to the sideline, the ball come out um, right beside where I was standing. And that was the, the back in the day where the touch has to put the flag in the air. And he used to run onto the field with the replacement. Yeah. And as soon as that happened, then that heart must have been racing because I was uh, I was just about to play in a dream. Wow! With obviously professional sport, it's it's even more intense, but especially with a game like rugby league, where you you wake up that morning and you think you're probably not going to play, so you don't have your kind of game mind on. You don't have that focus, and you're obviously there in the moment seeing what the team is doing. But you're probably thinking, look, it's probably a, a long shot that I'll play in the most important game of the year for the club. They've got two international props there. But then, did it all happen so quickly when you got the tap on the shoulder from Phil Foster and all of a sudden you're there? 
standing on the grass of the SFS about to run out on a Winfield Cup Grand Final. What on earth was going through your mind and how did you stay so calm and collected? On the outside, anyway. <laughs> um, well, you know what the, the most amazing thing was? is Because I didn't think I was going to play, I was calm. I, yeah. I wasn't nervous. I, 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 didn't have any, I didn't waste any nervous energy. Um, I was so relaxed. Um, but just that, that minute or two before I actually got on the field, I must have been nervous. And, uh, and I remember thinking that, you know, just, just tackle everything that moves and, and don't, don't make any mistakes. And that's... That was my mindset, is, is not to make any mistakes. And whoever had the ball, I was chasing everything down. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> you get out there, and obviously you take your first hit up or make your first tackle, and then it, bang, you're in the contest now. You're in the fight. You're, you got the footy head on. you got the footy head the on. The footy head's on. The footy head's screwed on, and then you're in there. Into extra time, that last play. Courier goes to kick the ball. Mao grabs it, throws it to a man in support, which is yourself. Can you remember what was going through your mind once you got the ball? Was it, look, I'm 20 metres out. Am I just going to do the best to get down there? Or are you thinking about try? <laughs> hey, Nick, do you know how many times I would have said this over 30 years? <laughs> Let's hear it again. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty uh, look, I, 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 was, I was totally aware of what the, what the game situation was. I knew exactly we were one point in front, three and a half minutes to go. Mel Meninga's just giving you the ball. So when Mel Meninga gives you the ball, you don't make a mistake. Mm. And uh, I remember thinking, I'm just going to run because it's first tackle. And we'll win the game by one point. So I wasn't thinking of a try. No way in the world. I was. All I was thinking was, I'm not going to pass it and I'm not going not to make a mistake. I'm not going to drop it. And, uh, and it's funny because when you watch it in, in, uh, on replay, it happens so quick. But yeah. in my mind, it happened very slow. Because I remember thinking, I bumped in, I done a little pirouette, and I bumped into a few blokes here. Hang on a minute, there's a try line. I could score a try here, you know. And mm. and, and as I as I was falling to the ground, I, I slapped it down and with my left hand, and I, I saw uh, Bill Harrigan, young Bill Harrigan, had his hand pointed at me and 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 blew the whistle. And I I, got, I was winded, and I remember I put my head down. It was right on the try line, and I just said, I made it. I made it. I made it. Yeah, what was then, I mean? You're probably quite buggered there because it was such a long run. But I was stuffed. I was stuffed. I tipped my hat to to the like Glenn Lazarus and uh, and a lot of other boys. Bradley Cross. They, they played a hundred minutes. They played a hundred minutes at that speed of that game. And I think I ended up playing um, with 17 minutes to go, and then 10 minutes each way. So I played 37 minutes, and I was shot. I had nothing, you know, and. And boys were hugging me, and all I could think was, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And, <laughs> and I was winded, and and then as we were walking away from the uh, the try line, um, Gary Belcher was the last one to come up to me. And and Badge was always level-headed. He was so mature and, and, and a great person to have on the, on the paddock. And he said, Jacko, great try, but look, Mel has just missed the kick. We're only five points in front, two minutes to go. Let's get into it. And I had to switch, switch back on. I couldn't think about the try. And it wasn't until, I think, about 11, 11.30 that night, back at the Raiders nightclub at Queen Bianne, we got mm. to watch the replay. And, and I didn't realise I'd run so far. I thought I'd only run about 10 metres, but it ended up being a, a 20-odd. I'd love to know what the Steve Jackson was feeling when he was finally on his own after it all went by. You know, you mentioned the bush boy that just wanted to play in a grand final. He had a roller coaster of an up-and-down 
year emotionally through what happens in the game of rugby league. What was your first inner thoughts when the party was over and you could look at the sky and think, I just scored a match-winning grand final try for this club? Yeah, I can tell you another story how how this happened. I um, I, I was 24 years old. I would have thought I was pretty good, that's for sure, (laughs) after a few few ales. And um, and, uh, I remember that, we we left um, the nightclub and it was I don't know what hour of the morning it was, but uh, we ended up going into the um, the boardroom at the Raiders Leagues Club because the nightclub shut down mm. and Tim Sheens took just all the players into the boardroom and you know what they gave me the chairman's chair. Oh, wow. I sat in the big I sat in the big chairman's chair and you got all these champions, you know, like like I said, I'm just a reserve grader and they give me the champ, um, chairman's chair and I went, oh wow, I feel pretty special here. And then we, me and Laurie and I lived together. Laurie mm. Daly and I lived together. And we were just over across the Queanbeyan River there. So we left the league club and went and took about six players back to our place. And as we walked in the door, I think Mike Gibson, Mike Gibson was the Today Show host yes. back in them days. And Mike Gibson was on TV. We turned the TV on. And this, just as we turned it on, this Mike Gibson said, and who is this Steve Jackson? And I said, Hey boys, that's me. That's me. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was, that was a pretty cool feeling. There's so many metaphors to come out of that game. Is there something, Jacko, that you take out of the '89 Grand Final experience and apply to your life today? Yeah, it, it, it ain't over till it's over. You know, don't don't ever give in. Don't ever give in. You know, like I've been in business 21 years up here in Mackay, and and times been tough the last couple of years of my business, and I really dig deep and. And um, from that game, mate, we couldn't win. Even when you watch the replay of it, how did we get that full length of the field in the last three minutes for for Chigga Ferguson to score that try? Mm. So it ain't over till it's over. And you know what? Never give in. Because you know what? You keep doing it. You keep bashing away. You keep pumping, headbutting that wall. And and the tide will change. And there's good things on the other side. Steve Jackson, thanks for joining us as we go back in time to 89 on the Behind the Limelight podcast. Cheers, Nico. And you know what? Go them Raiders 30 years on and let's do it again. 